What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Bread, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF. With us on the line, the current points leader in the Rockstar Triple Crown 450 class goes by the name of Cole Thompson. Cole, how are you this beautiful afternoon? I'm doing good. How are you? Hey, I'm not doing too bad. Sun is shining. It's uh, the NHL playoffs start tonight, and uh, I'm I'm not in southern Ontario where they keep seeming to get more and more snow, even though it's very much <laughs> April. Yeah, no, the the forecast um, as of late has been uh, snow showers every morning, and then uh, by the afternoon, get on the track, and uh, I guess uh, you get used to it living in Canada. The weather's pretty unpredictable uh, in April, so um, yeah make it work no kidding you never know what you're gonna get including on an indoor arena cross so i don't know maybe about five weeks six weeks ago um you, you've seen it all so far this this uh, particular uh, series cole you've seen mud inside an arena which i'm sure was perplexing for most people to, uh, to look at you've seen uh, some pretty big jumps and, and, and a pretty uh, open uh stadium floor for Cal- uh, calgary and then this last weekend a brand a, a, a Basically, a home race for you, Sarnia Arena Cross. You end up taking the uh, the, the main event and uh, and now a commanding points lead leading into the last two rounds. Yeah, no, exactly what you said. Uh, we've seen mud uh, round one, dust at round two, and uh, this past weekend, uh, dirt that I don't even know if it's from this planet. Uh, it was almost like glue. It's so, like Play-Doh, uh, like sticky Play-Doh. Yeah, like Play-Doh, sticky Play-Doh. Um, so the wheels, they, they full traction. But I think uh, it's been good. Uh, I've been able to adapt. My bike's been great every weekend. I think everyone's kind of in the same position. They're not knowing what's next. Going into this final weekend, just hope for uh, a good race, good track. And hopefully everything goes the way it's been going and we can uh, you know, try to uh, get the most points we can and you know, try to pull this thing off. 
Um, speak to the preparation prior to the season. Uh, obviously, you're a guy who's always gone down south to uh, to put in your motos and get the fitness where it needs to be. Uh, but to prepare for a full arena cross series uh, starting when it did, a little bit different on the program. What did you do differently this year, and uh, and how how much of a, a feather in your cap was having the uh, uh, the, the Red Bull uh, KTM uh, factory Can- Canadian uh, effort uh, at your beck and call? Yeah, no, having Red Bull back on board is huge for not just myself, but the team and the sport uh, in Canadian moto. I think it's a it's a, a well-known brand, and uh, it's been proven that they uh, they work with the best athletes and give you the best uh, best effort. Um, but that being said, uh, this year I mixed it up. Not so much mixed up. Went back down to uh, the place I always grew up training and riding, which is uh, County Line MX run by actually Ian Hayden and his wife now, um, which are fellow Canadians and, uh, stayed at my parents' house and just kind of did my own thing all winter. You know, I didn't really do the, you know, the training with other riders and stuff like that. I just stuck to my own program, knew the things I wanted to work on. And I think it helped kind of going back to something familiar for me. It was just, uh, almost like a rebirth. So that's what I did this year. And I mean, we're only, four rounds into a, a long year, but, uh, so far I feel really happy with, you know, fitness and riding and stuff like that. I know we're just doing arena cross, so it's hard to get a gauge on how good everybody else's fitness as well as mine is. But, you know, I think, I think if you're happy and you believe in the program you're doing, yeah, good things come. So, uh, that's what we're going to keep doing, uh, back home now in Canada. Love being here, having my tracks, my gym, everything like that right at my house. So, uh, yeah, just got to stay happy and, Stay positive with everything that's coming, and go from there. Absolutely, that that's a really important uh, support system that you have at your beck and call. But uh, when you went out out to the West Coast, uh, that was for the most part a uh, I wouldn't say a solo effort, but the the yourself and Tanner Ward heading out there, um, basically not, not I wouldn't say as privateers, but maybe not having the uh, the the support of a full semi. Uh, speak to the like the decision process of, of going out there, basically on, uh, as as a pair of riders uh, going out and, uh, and collecting some podiums uh, before you head back east. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, we did um, pretty much everybody kind of sent their bikes out on uh, the my brothers that run the series had a transport truck just designated for bikes and stuff like that. And our bikes got sent out there and then we, uh, you know, did our own thing during the week or during the races and stuff like that. But then we come back to Ontario and it's uh, a little bit easier um, having Steve Beattie as my wrench and stuff like that because I've worked with Steve, you know, through amateur and stuff like that. And it's been so much easier to kind of just get bikes set up and everything that goes along with, you know, uh, being comfortable on the bike and everything like that. What change? Him, oh. And, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, no, out west, we just did our own thing there. It was pretty, pretty basic, but, I mean, it was working. And even this past weekend, it was just a, you know, easy, um, relaxed effort that we put in, and it pays off. What changes are you able to make on race day um, with a with a set, setup like that, with having the bike as a transporter? Is it uh, just some clickers that you can make, uh, or, or was there? Uh, did you also have some parts that you're able to uh, change out if, if if necessary? Honestly, nothing. To be honest, uh, we started the year um, out west there, and from when I tested the bike in Florida, I didn't have to make any changes. So it was kind of it's kind of nice, you know. I've been riding the same bike, but it's been working everywhere we go, and 
I mean, minor tweaks here and there, but for the most part, it's the exact like I started with, and everything's the same. I'm happy, and then uh, obviously, you know, the results have been showing that. So, so far, so good. Absolutely. Uh, a lead going into the last two rounds, but of course, a lot can happen in two rounds. Um, how important is it to be uh, kind of in, in your in your backyard a little bit as far as the, the racing is concerned? Uh, not a great distance as far as travel, and uh, and also also this last weekend, having some hometown fans. Yeah, no, it's huge. Like this past weekend, I think probably, honestly, I think 90% of that stadium or that arena was, you know, people that I, I personally knew and uh, grew up knowing and stuff like that one time or another. And it was pretty cool to come home and have that big of a fan, fan base and just to see a sold out crowd in the place that I grew up, you know, in Sarnia and stuff. For sure. No. So this 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 weekend coming up, Barrie, Ontario. Um, what, what would it mean to you to uh, roll into the outdoors with an uh, Army Cross title um, wrapped up and uh, and basically all, all uh, sights set on uh, on this Triple Crown Championship, which uh, would stand to to make you uh, not only like um, a champion within uh, the sport of motocross in Canada, but also uh, um, a well paid individual. Yeah, no, exactly. Like I said, you know, good results and uh, it helps for sure. Um, you know, can't think too far into the future, but obviously, I mean, like I said before, try to get as many points as I can each week because it goes towards the triple crown in the end, and uh, that's your big hundred thousand payday. So every race we do, and that was the, that was the deal I made with myself was every race I do, um, bad start, good start, crashes, whatever, get up and keep fighting for every point because um, in the end, it's a it's a big payday and. Uh, obviously in this sport, I mean, if you can make good money doing it and while you can, I mean, it, it goes, it goes a long way. So for me, it's just the same attitude, you know, try to try to fight as hard as I can and, and, and dig a little deeper when uh, things get tough. Absolutely. Now, uh, so you've been racing professionally for a long period of time in Canada. You've, you've, uh, uh, and with a, with a brand new regime kind of running the show, uh, so to speak, what are some of the changes that you've seen to uh, race day operations from a rider standpoint? This year or just in years past since like, I've been racing? Well, in years past compared to this year and, and oh. what, 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 kind of, what kind of stuff do your brothers bring to the show? Uh, for, from what I've seen, honestly, it, it's something that uh, like a lot of riders can vouch for is that we never really had um, an indoor series for some time in Canada moto. There's been, you know, little races here and there, like the Montreal Supercross was a really cool race at the end of the year that used to be part of the Canadian moto scene. And then obviously with, you know, financial and stuff like that, they couldn't, they couldn't keep running it. So now with my brothers having an arena cross series for a guy like myself, I don't have to necessarily race in America year like you know during the winter i can stay up in canada and do all my racing and you know make the majority of my money just racing in canada versus having to try to compete on such a competitive scale in america on a privateer effort so for me it's allowed uh, uh an opportunity to take my career to that next level and obviously um i think as it grows it's going to get bigger and more people are going to want to be part of it for the next few years to come i think this year is going to be a a big uh turning year for for Canadian Moto, it's uh, a learning process, but at the same time, it's definitely one that needed to be taken. So I, I, I'm excited about it. I mean, obviously, it's a family-run business now, but I mean, I, I'm still a professional athlete, so I can't look at it like it's you know my business. It's my brother's business, and um, you know, I approach it just like uh, anybody else would. And uh, 
yeah, that's how you got to do it, you know, <laughs> as much as probably people think it's favoritism and stuff like that that goes towards, you know, me having my family run it. It's honestly, they do their thing, I do my thing, you know, it's, they got a lot to worry about and I got a lot to worry about. So um, it's not, it's no favoritism. It's just, uh, you know, me go out and race and they put on the show. So it's been cool. Fair enough. Now let's spin the clocks back a little bit. Uh, to w- what do you remember uh, about looking up to your your older brothers growing up, both Kyle and Justin? Justin had uh, some national numbers back in the day, uh, including a, a ride, I believe, in 2002 on uh, some Diablo Hondas. What do you remember from those years? Because you were a pretty young guy. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't uh, ever expect to be in the position I am in today. Um, not, you know, racing those guys like you know, Colton Bacciotti and all these top pros and stuff like that. I never dreamed that I'd be, you know, at that level and having, I was saying the other day, it's pretty cool, you know, I have a guy like JSR as my boss and stuff. And, um, you know, that guy's a legend himself and all these people that I grew up as a kid. And I don't think, you know, to a certain degree, you want to be a professional athlete as a kid, but you never really truly, you know, believe it until it's actually happening and then to be here where i'm at you know i remember my brother showing up at the races and stuff like that and i was just thinking it's so cool just to even be around pros you know at that time and there's a lot of good canadian pros and stuff in uh ontario moto and i was just like man that's so cool like you know to (laughs) to have a brother that raced pro and stuff it was so cool to me but then you get there yourself and then uh you know you look around and all these people that you're racing and stuff like that you know have all worked so hard to get there and now you're one of them. It's it's an honor and something I don't take for granted at all. For sure, and I'm sure on top of that, now when you're part of the pit party, uh, when all the bikes are set up on on the stadium floor, and you see the, the that same look that was in your eyes looking at your brothers or the other pros like Marco Dubé and Simon Homans and those guys, that uh, <laughs> now they're looking at you uh, with that same uh, wonderment. Yeah, no, it's cool. That's what, um, there's been, and I think over the years, you know. Canada Motors kind of gone up and down, but I think, you know, Canada's kind of on the up right now. I think there's got, there's a lot of kids that are really, really talented. And, um, I see a lot of, uh, a lot of bright future kids, uh, coming up in our sport in Canada. And I hope to see it grow. Um, you know, you look at the American Supercross and the American Nationals and, um, amateur nationals and that. And it's so cool to watch these kids that like are literally on 80s and they are professionals, you know, like the, the kids rip and it's just, I mean, it's cool to see for the sport how fast everything's evolved. You know, these kids have trainers and people that work with them full time just to, uh, you know, go racing. It's crazy. Uh, Like, I remember being a kid. I remember being a kid and never never thinking about training. I I, I just wanted to ride my dirt bike, which is, you know, I guess the least amount of worries now. It's, It's all about the training and riding, which as a pro, you know, that's huge, but. As a kid, you don't really think about it. For sure, you're you're, you're worried about uh, just going fast on your motorcycle, enjoying yourself, and uh, and and then the speed comes along with. And now that the speed's there, the fitness comes along with. Uh, preparing for the outdoor series, uh, how do you ramp up the uh, the the training regimen uh, and balance that as well with uh, racing on weekends? Uh, for me, it's been pretty uh, pretty much the same. Like I haven't really tried to uh, like venture off and do anything different than I would if I was riding, uh, like the rain across, whatever. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to, uh, you know, get prepared for just a rain across. I've been building towards, you know, getting stronger for the outdoors and supercross and stuff that comes with that. And, 
I think that's how you got to prepare like any of those guys that you see, like the Tomacs or any of those top guys that are winning right now in the U.S. I mean, they don't prepare just for Supercross. Obviously, they're riding on the bikes a little different, but for their training sake, it, it, it stays the same, you know, and that's how you got to do everything, right? You got to always completely give your full effort no matter what, so... That you do, my friend, and uh, it's getting later in the day on your side, so it's probably time for you to start firing up some dirt bikes uh, in preparation for this weekend. I really appreciate you making some time for us on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. We wish you the best of luck this weekend, and uh, yeah, I I really appreciate making some time for us today, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly, then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drakes has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler Entignap, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. TheCollectiveXP.com, as well as TheCollectiveEX on Instagram, is where you can find the collective experience. Do so immediately. The collective experience. Nobody gets you closer. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well... You better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. What's up, guys? It's Bruce Cook here with Nitro Circus. We're coming to Kelowna, B.C., May 25th for the Next Level Tour, and I'm so stoked to see you there. The most action-packed event on the planet is back, bigger and crazier than ever before, with the largest ramps you've ever seen. Nitro Circus, the global youth entertainment phenomenon, returns to North America this year with the epic Next Level Tour. This spectacular brand new production, an all-moto adrenaline rush, will have depth-defying tricks, jaw-dropping world's firsts, and absurd stunts. It all adds up to a thrilling show simply too big to fit indoors. The Next Level Tour launches mid-May, just in time for summer, and will visit over 10 cities across the continent through June. Brainchild of Travis Pastrana, global superstar, action sports icon, and Nitro Circus ringleader, the Next Level Tour features the best athletes in action sports taking on the biggest ramps in the world. The Nitro Circus design team has put it all on the line with this show, doubling down on the risk factor. The FMX Next Level Takeoff Ramp alone, a towering 15 feet above the show floor, a whopping 5 feet taller than any ramp toured before, will launch riders more than 60 feet into the sky. The landing ramp also looms large, standing 
23 feet in height. The Nitro Circus Next Level Tour will include several athletes, including Bruce Cook, Jared McNeil, Jared Duffy, Blake, Bilko Williams, and many more. For more information, visit nitrocircus.com. Hey guys, it's Fly Racing's Justin Brayton, winner of the 2018 Daytona Supercross. You're listening to the Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing and Atlas Brace. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and with me on the line from Matrix Concepts Canada goes by the name of Ryan the New Flockhart. Ryan, how's it going? Good, man. You? Hey, not doing too bad, my friend. Uh, the NHL playoffs start tonight, and the Winnipeg Jets are in it, so uh, it's all smiles here in Winnipeg. Who cares? Ah, good point. All right, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let, let's talk. Let's talk. Moving about, on. Moving on. Moving on. Diff, different um, be, like uh, entertainment that happens in arenas. You've been a part of that so far this year. Um, four four rounds down. Four rounds down, and uh, you still find yourself firmly planted within the top four four foreign points for the two fifty class, uh, the MX two, if you will. Um, Let's tell tell me a little bit about your your race weekend this last weekend, uh, Sarnia. It was uh, it was an awesome uh, event. Seemed like the the track was made out of play doh. Tell me about it. Yeah, it was. Um, it even kind of worked out not too bad. Um, I mean, it's winter time still in southwestern Ontario, so kind of knew coming in that the dirt was going to be a challenge, which uh, kind of normal for this time of year, but. It was really, really strange dirt. Like, Play-Doh is probably the best way to describe it. It was, like, bizarre how sticky it was. Like, when you could barely push your bike on it, so when you rode on it, it felt like you were being towed from behind. But um, I wouldn't say the track was awesome by any means. It was take away the dirt factor of it because, I mean, the dirt was rideable and it was usable and raceable, but the track sucked. Um, as far as the layout goes, I think that um, I think that was the biggest negative from the weekend um, that I could see. It didn't really flow that well, and with the way that the dirt was, um, it rutted up really bad because they made all the jump faces so steep and, and whatnot. But anyways, it is what it is, and everybody had to race the same track. But um, I feel that it could have been a, a little bit better um, as far as that goes. So hopefully this weekend, meeting in the Barry will be will be better, but I'm sure we're going to be facing uh, similar similar conditions. Absolutely. So I, I talked to uh, Cole Thompson earlier today. He had mentioned that you guys had mud the first race, dust the second race, and then some weird combination of maybe both or something completely different from both the, the first two rounds this last <laughs> weekend where the the, mud, the dirt seemed so difficult to, to, to shape that, like, yeah, like you said, like, if you moved it, it would just stick to whatever you were using to move it. You couldn't really get that nice finished look to it. Like the the, the one rhythm section where there was uh, five jumps, uh, a few guys were going 3-2. Most people were going 2-2-1 uh, uh, two, 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 or uh, two single two or uh, it was yeah. it was it was kind of different. Um, that's where you made a couple of your passes during the main event. Um, and then the the whoop section, I kind of felt like they could have maybe brought it uh, like the, a few less whoops and allowed you guys to open up that corner because all that really ended up being was uh, kind of a slam fest into the, fir- the the final corner. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it's been it, it's been weird. I mean, we've had four main events um so far and um two out of the four main events have the laps have been cut due to track conditions so 
um, and we have a roof on this place. So it's, it's, it's been a little bit weird. I mean, um, like you said, I mean, there hasn't been a set of whoops yet this year that were actually skimmable, which yeah. for arena crowds is weird. And I mean, I, it's not typical arena cross. I mean, Matt Gerke probably said it best on his post-race interview after the race that, you know, he's, he's going to go back to the drawing board because these tracks are so much different. You take a lot of insides, which in arena cross isn't normal. Usually you kind of carry your momentum. Uh, arena cross is all about momentum, but not necessarily in the races that we've had so far. So um, there hasn't been big ball corners. Uh, where you can actually block past people. Like you said, it's more of a slam fest to get by somebody. Um, and it's been, it's been different, that's for sure. For sure. Like, like, take us back to the main event from this last weekend. You find yourself with uh, a pretty good start to start off with, but then uh, again, getting lost in the wash a little bit, found yourself as far back as I believe fifth and had to come back to fourth. Um, like, uh, how did you make some passes? Where did you feel like you could make passes? And, uh, and where did anybody run in on you? Well, it started off good for me. I had the whole shot and I went a little too deep into the first corner and Moss snuck around the inside of me and kind of, kind of tangled with him a little bit because I don't know if you noticed how narrow the whoop section was. It was like literally you couldn't put two bikes in them side by side almost. So um, Moff and I kind of tangled a little bit and that allowed, that dropped me back to third. And then I slammed Waddell in that next corner before the finish line. But since I had to slam him, I didn't have enough drive to jump the finish line, which in my eyes, that is just 10 seconds of the race or what, changed the outcome in my result of the race because I couldn't jump the finish line on the first lap, um, which if I had of, I would have gapped everybody else because they probably wouldn't have jumped it. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got by Waddell, so I was second. And then um, some kid, Michael Fowler, I guess, from the U.S., he got on the inside of me and didn't jump it either, but was able to push me out in the next quarter. And then he hits a tough block after that rhythm section and it pops out in front of me and I think I end up going back to about six um right off the get-go in the first half half a lap so um was not spectacular by any means and then I kind of picked a few more guys off and then Tanner Ward slammed me before the finish line because I was trying to go wide to jump it because it was starting to get sketchy and then Waddell crashed and I got by him and it was just it had all the makings for me to do well, but it didn't work out as well as I had, uh, had planned. So, well, fair enough. And, uh, you definitely soldiered way your way through, came away still second in points, three, three, three points ahead of Marco Canella. And I guess that answers the question is that whether or not you'll be uh, heading off to, uh, Barry, Ontario for, uh, rounds, uh, five and six this last, this weekend. Um, it, uh, a, a full, uh, a full series for you. And that, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, well, we're going to go this weekend. I mean, uh, my bike's back there, and that was kind of the original plan. I wish I had uh, a little few, a few more points over Canela and, and Ward. I think I have five over Ward and three over Canela. So I need to make shit happen this weekend if I want to hang on to second. I mean, I need to beat those guys at least in one of the two mains um, and also, also be close to them in the other mains. So um, I don't know. It's a little bit of a pressure situation if I want to hang on to uh to second but I mean I guess worst case scenario is fourth best case scenario is second 
Um, it's going to be interesting this weekend because Pettis is coming back. So right. um, Pettis is going to be in the mix, obviously. I think he'll be ahead of me and Canelo and Ward. I'm not concerned. <laughs> he's, a, he's on a different level. So him and Moff will probably be doing their thing at the front. And then um, that Western Rosina is coming back too. And he's obviously been riding pretty good with the old Super Bowl. So that could play in my favor or not play in my favor. Um, hopefully it does, and we can kind of get in the mix between between us as long as I'm ahead of them. So um, it's going to be interesting. We'll see uh, We'll see what happens, and we'll try our best. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what I finish, but it would be cool to get one of those trophies. Absolutely it would, and I imagine that uh, Ryan Lockhart would most likely uh, most likely tie one on uh, after cap- capturing a, a top three in points uh, on a Saturday night in Barrie, Ontario. Do you think there's a good chance of that? There's, I think there's a extremely good chance ability that there would be uh, some Browns going down. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with you on that one. Fair enough. It's like it's uh, the smart money would be on that. I think regardless of your position, actually. Um, yeah, probably. yeah, you're probably right on that too. <laughs> but uh, before before we get uh, before we move too far along on this thing, the Seattle Supercross this last weekend, the closest one for uh, what you now call home, uh, absolute mutter. And uh, there's there's been some speculation as to uh, how maybe a uh, another mud specialist or a guy who I know goes pretty good in the mud, uh, in, especially in that area, would have done. How do you feel like you may have done on a 450 in uh, in that 450 main event? Because I know that you're faster than Colin Duran, and he was in that race well i would have made the night show since there was only 38 dudes that signed up so we would have been in the night but but uh oh man jaren it's funny because i know i know exactly what you're talking about um jaren's pretty damn good and i haven't beaten him very consistently in the last probably year and a half or so he's gotten a lot better but i mean in that mud who knows anything can happen i mean um, if I was ever to ride a Supercross again, I would want it to be a mud one because I don't like doing big jumps anymore. But um, there's so much luck that comes down to that. I mean, obviously some skill for sure. I'm not taking the skill away, but um, a good starter and stay up. I mean, the laps were so long that you didn't have to do very many laps. So um, it would have been interesting. But I mean, I'm never lining up for a Supercross ever again. So I don't think we need to worry about that. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, I still wanted to get the, the, the official word from the yeah. horse's mouth on that one. Um, as far as the short lap times uh, this last weekend um, in Sarnia, um, what, what, what do you feel contributed most to, like, it, it seemed like a pretty big, uh, a, a, a larger platform or a, a larger floor for the racetrack. Uh, I, I was surprised to see the lap times that short. Yeah, it was funny that the lap times were only about 20 seconds, 21 seconds were kind of the average for everybody. Um, on a track that didn't flow either, so shit, if, if it had it flowed with left-hand corners instead of right-hand corners, um, we probably would have been down into like the 19-second range. Um, I don't know. They didn't, like, the, like, it was a hockey arena, but they had like a five-foot buffer around the whole outside of the board, so the track was actually smaller than what the ice surface was, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Um, I don't know why they didn't use it right to the boards. I mean, if you take, you know, five feet over the course of the whole size of the arena, that's a lot of square footage that you gave up. So um, that's why the lanes were so narrow. Um, so one, so I don't know. I'm hoping 
I'm hoping that this weekend that we get a traditional style arena cross track with the start that goes down the right-hand side, left-hand sweeper, whoops, left-hand corner, catapult, right-hand corner, rhythm section, left-hand corner back onto the start straight is what I'm I'm hoping for, but uh, maybe I'm being optimistic at this point. Hey, you know, you know what they tell us? The, this, uh, you know what um, makes a, a pessimist? What's that? An optimist with experience. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, um, well, let's hope. I just want a uh, regular arena cross track so we can actually get down to some real racing. Absolute. And now, so uh, to, to allow you to do these uh, these junkets out to the East Coast, I understand that you'll ha- you've had to uh, do some pretty extreme measures to make sure that the uh, the the orders have gotten out. Who was it that came up with the idea of you uh, riding around the uh, the Matrix Concepts um, uh, warehouse on your your uh, 250F and uh, delivering the packages? It seemed to save you a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it was kind of an idea. We thought it last minute. Uh, Brad, the president of the company, thought it would be uh, be, uh, be pretty uh, pretty cool to do it, and I think it uh, I think it worked out all right. I mean, we threw that together pretty quick and uh, and whatnot. But I don't know if you saw today. Justin Barsha came out with a similar type video, and uh, and one one upped us on a lot of things and had him crashing through boxes and jumping off the loading dock and uh, doing burnouts in the warehouse. So. Um, we might have to come out with a part two. There you go. Well, you, you, you definitely uh, sold it. You're one of your first acting gigs. Uh, I, I thought it was completely legit, but uh, um, it's good to see that you're, <laughs> you're you're burning the midnight oil, burning the candle at both ends, if you will, and uh, making it all happen, man. It's uh, It's been cool to kind of come along with you on this journey a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been... It's been fun for sure. I mean, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't wasn't fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. The flying back and forth to Ontario has been a little bit stressful. It's a busy time of year for us and whatnot. But um, yeah, I wanted to make it happen, and I'll be happy. Uh, you know, when it's all said and done, regardless of the outcome of you know what uh, you know, we tried our best and gave it our best and uh, and made it happen. And, and uh, you know, it's all fun. Fair enough. Well, and of course, 2018, uh, marking the 20th year of you racing in professional motocross races. Uh, this has got to be an exciting time for you. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I've been out of the law for a long time, and, you know, it's a joke. You know, people always carry on. Oh, I thought you retired. Oh, I thought you quit, blah, blah, blah. But um, nice. somehow I keep uh, I keep it going and, and, uh, and still having having fun with it and, and whatnot. I mean, I love the competitiveness of it and, and, you know, just being at the races and getting to line up um, is fun because uh, there will be a day where I can't do that anymore. So um, it creates stories along the way and get to chat about it with guys like you and have some fun with it and still see my photo on the internet every once in a while, whether it be good or bad. So, there you go. You can never really quit motocross. It's something that never really leaves you. But uh, we'll leave leave the the Big MX Radio fans with this. I know you wanted to make some young uh, riders' day. I know you wanted to get somebody uh, the, just that much closer to uh, a supreme safety uh, within the sport of motocross. Uh, how how would you like to give away a uh, a youth size Atlas brace on the show today? Well, well, yeah, I mean, you can, I'll leave that in your hands as far as coming up with the idea to give it away, but, uh, yeah, we'll give out a, either a Tyke or a Prodigy uh, 2018 brace um, to, uh, 
to whatever you decide how you want to run the contest. It's your show, so I'll let you be the boss of that. But, um, yeah, we'll go from there. All right, perfect. We're going to add a little bit of uh, instructions on how people can go, go through to add that, uh, to, to, to enter to win um, the, the Atlas Brace uh, after this podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on today, my friend, to, uh, to, to run us down a little bit of uh, your journey through the series. And uh, regardless of how the results come out this next weekend in Barrie, we'll uh, invite you on when I'm actually going to be one uh, time zone closer to you next weekend when, when, I'm, next week when I'm in Alberta. Uh, uh, we can talk about the whole championship and uh, maybe the uh, the festivities before and after Barry Ontario's mm-hmm. arena crosses. Sounds good, man. I look forward to it. Hey, Big MX listeners, we've got a great opportunity to give away an Atlas Brace, courtesy of the fo- folks over at Atlas Brace. We're going to be giving away the Prodigy 2018 model, which is intended for youth riders. Um, and all you have to do is email me, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com, with your address as well as the answer to how many years has Ryan the new Flockhart been racing professional motocross? If you've got a young athlete in mind that would love to receive this Prodigy 2018 model neck brace from Atlas Brace, all you have to do is email me, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com, send me your address as well as the answer to how many, how many years Ryan the new Flockhart has been racing motocross professionally. And that's all you need to do. Look forward to your email. We'll pull a draw on Friday when this thing comes out. Hope you win. Talk to you later.